0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and we thank you for being with us. President Biden returned to the White House and immediately began spouting more nonsense about the Second Amendment and the Uvalde, Texas, school shooting, He and his vice president want to outlaw now certain guns. They would like, of course, to outright repeal the Second Amendment. They blather on with the same platitudes and bromides about guns, but never say a word about the shooter's mental illness. Not a word about why there was an unlocked door for the shooter to enter the school. Why there wasn't an armed school security officer. The list goes on. But fundamental to the tragedy was the shooter's mental illness the broken homes in which he lived, or that both his parents are felons, as is his grandfather. Where were the school's counselors, the community's social workers, and others, including teachers, who should have been aware of at least some of the mentally ill students' problems and potential dangers to his classmates and community? Biden and his puppet masters will ship $40, $50 billion to Ukraine, but not a dime for the training of public school teachers, counselors to identify students with serious mental illness and what to do for them. The marxist politics of tragedy at work, that politics of tragedy driving their agenda, doing nothing to understand and prevent another needless tragedy. The left itself has gone mad, and they are on a collision course with the American public who have tired of the Marxist stem's relentless assault on America, our culture and our history, our institutions and our values. Almost 80% of Americans now say the country's headed in the wrong direction. And a majority say that Biden is unfit for the office he holds, which should mean that the midterm elections would be a red wave, a landslide for Republicans in both the Senate and the House. But the Dems persist in their same policies, and they're driving the same Marxist agenda now as before. And that raises questions. Why aren't they worried? Why aren't they adapting to a changed electorate? The only explanation that I can conjure is they're planning a very similar election to 2020. And that should be a disturbing thought to all Republicans and independents. We can all smell something wrong with the Dems' demeanor their mood and behavior. But still, the Republican Party remains passive. Troubling also, the GOP doesn't truly seem to understand what hit them in 2020. And they've hardly been urgent in their efforts to fix drop boxes, same-day registration, and mail-in balloting. Some states are trying. Wisconsin, for example. They still have a special counsel investigation of their 2020 election underway but the state's Democrats are blocking that investigation at almost every turn, according to the man leading that investigation. Our guest today is former State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, now the Wisconsin Special Counsel. He's drawn fire from the Democrat establishment in Wisconsin, and he's in court now to proceed with his investigation. And now with us, Mike Gableman, leading an investigation that has drawn more fire, uh, more public attention than I think anyone in Wisconsin ever thought would uh, occur. They might not have ever begun the process, but thank goodness they did. Uh, Mike, it is great to have you with us here on The Great America Show again.
0: Lou, thank you for having me, and, and thank you to all of your listeners for continuing to follow this story and to, and to immerse themselves in the facts. So that they can judge accordingly. But thank you for this opportunity.
1: I, and uh, well, you're more than welcome. And uh, thank you for everything you're doing. I, I want to start with because following this, suddenly you have now a renewed, extended contract, but the investigation that you are leading of paramount public importance is on pause because of legal conflicts. Can you? explain to all of us uh, on the great America show what in the world is going on in Wisconsin with your investigation well
0: thank you I can um, <laughs> uh, two, two weeks ago two weeks ago I, I met with the speaker and some of his uh, fellow members of the assembly and I signed a new contract and the, and the new contract uh, has in it, the priority uh, of pursuing the litigation necessary to obtain answers from the wisconsin election commission that is the entity which in the which in the past has called itself the responsible authority for conducting wisconsin elections now I'm going to ask you and your listeners to hang with me on that. Why that's significant is something that I pointed. This is a very fundamental issue, which I believe has created a lot of problems in Wisconsin and has left the door open to unelected, really unelected bureaucrats who skew way left in, in Madison to run. Wisconsin elections. And here's what I mean. Nobody, to the best of my knowledge, nobody has ever defined precisely what powers and what authorities the Wisconsin Election Commission actually has. In the past, the Wisconsin Election Commission has told all of our municipal clerks, and in Wisconsin, we've got 1,800 of them, 1852, to be precise. the law says that it's those 1,852 clerks who are responsible for assisting the public, facilitating the public, in putting on elections. And the Wisconsin Election Commission has taken advantage of that vacuum, and I've been ringing this bell for three years. Since I left the court, I, I didn't run for re-election and for 3 years i've been following the wisconsin election commission and i've i've been talking to anyone who will listen to say well what is it what is its authority and and why that's particularly on my mind is today i watched the the most recent public meeting of the wisconsin election commission and it, which occurred yesterday and one of its members one of its members uh Commissioner Bob Spindell, a Republican member, at for anyone who's, who's interested, at minute 22, he turns to his colleagues and says, what does the Wisconsin Election Commission do? Nobody really knows. And that's a direct quote. And then he went on to describe that because of that ambiguity and the lack of clear, I believe the lines of authority are very clear the responsibility to conduct elections is on the clerks. And they have been mistakenly relying upon Wisconsin Election Commission, mainly because the bureaucrats there and several of the commissioners have been strong armies are good clerks around the state, 90, over 90% of whom just wanna do a good job. So this is a really long-winded answer to say that WEC must answer questions, including its administrator, must answer questions. And and how she's been answering my questions is, I will say in venues such as this or in front of the legislature, I will tell them some of the questions that I have for Megan Wolf, the administrator of the Wisconsin Election Commission. And then a week or two later, up will pop up uh, some response from her That's not a conversation. That's not answering questions. That's having lawyers and PR people uh, do it for you. So the the focus of the new contract, what am I doing? The focus of the new contract is to pursue the litigation to require the people from Wisconsin Election Commission and the bureaucrats and some of the elected officials from from the five cities that received the bulk of the Zuckerberg money, and then they didn't just take Zuckerberg's money. They brought in people from Chicago and New York, several of the cities, brought in people from Chicago and New York to actually run their election on November 3rd, 2020, and and prepare for it as well, including printing up ballots, and these people were never trained in Wisconsin election law. Nobody knows who they work for. They weren't employees of the of the clerk's office. So I want to talk to them as well. And right now, the focus of the new contract pretty much puts a limit on my office to pursue that litigation. And and that's what I'm doing, Lou. So my my job duties and my pay. Have been cut in half, um, so that's what I'm going to be focusing on as uh, in the office of special counsel. So the I'm sorry, sorry, I'm just going to say that might be an unsatisfying response for a lot of your listeners, but that's the truth.
1: Well, it's a it's a full answer to the question, and, and I appreciate it, and I'm sure the audience does as well. Because this is very difficult to, I think, a lot of outsiders certainly, uh, to to comprehend that a that first of all the Zuckerberg money was used in the way in which it did, uh, fanned out to five of the largest cities in Wisconsin, to take over what is a public public responsibility uh, uh, under the state, uh, and, and for elections and then then perverted into something run by nonprofits that are financed and organized by, uh, well, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, to the tune of $400 million across the country, uh, That that is worth a lot of investigation, particularly when yeah. no one wants to be forthcoming about why it was done
0: and what was done. The reason why is because all of these people from New York and Chicago who came in literally, and in their words, embedded in the clerk's office, they used that money not to administer elections, which would be problematic enough. They used it to get out the vote for the Joe Biden profile voter. And because of all the contracts between the Zuckerberg organizations and the five cities, you've got the very real probability that people employed by the leftist nonprofits who probably may have resided in New York or Chicago or somewhere not Wisconsin would hunt down using information that only they had access to. They would hunt down Biden profile voters and go to their homes and they'd knock on the door and they would say, Mrs. Smith, we're here from the city and we see that you obtained an absentee ballot, but you haven't returned it yet. Do you, can we help you with that? Can we help you fill out your ballot? Can we then help you by taking your ballot back to City Hall. That's what was going on. And that's why they don't want to answer questions. And right now they don't. They have an adoring, fawning, our state's largest newspaper, which is a completely failing entity. They've lost close to 60% of their readership in the last 10 years. They no longer even print their newspaper in the state. They they print uh, in Peoria, Illinois and then they truck it back up here. But they provide the cover so that because they liked the result so much, because they liked the result of the get out the vote campaign for Joe Biden, helping to contribute to the result of Joe Biden being elected, they provide cover for the bureaucrats at Wisconsin Election Commission and for the mayors and the other bureaucrats at the five cities who were all in on this terrible corruption of our Wisconsin election. Well,
1: it's, and you want to, in some cases, subpoena mayors uh, and others uh, to provide testimony and you're being fought, uh, they're fighting you obviously on that. And where, how soon will that be resolved? And when will Mike Gableman have an opportunity to say, uh, "I've talked with these mayors. I've talked with the people that are we think uh, most uh, centrally involved, if you will, in what was you called it election bribery—the use of that money." Yes. yes. Why in the world would anyone not want an answer to those questions in the either the state government? The, forget the legislature, the state government. The uh, the state, citizens, the, uh, the state of Wisconsin.
0: You know, we we issued, well, I shouldn't say I issued, I drafted close to 100 subpoenas, which were all signed. Each and every one of them were signed uh, by Speaker Robin Voss, for which I'm very grateful. And now it's the Wisconsin Election Commission and the cities that took the zuckerberg money and engaged in the illegal get out the vote campaign for joe biden they are now suing me to prevent me from from actually acting on these subpoenas so and the, who are they being helped by they're being helped by the over 300 lawyers at our wisconsin department of justice and they're being helped by our current attorney general, a guy named Josh Fall, who who thinks it's just terrible that I would wanna ask anybody any of these questions. Another important guy who thinks it's terrible that I would wanna ask questions of these people is our current governor, Tony Evers. And it was Evers just a few days Or a few weeks after my office was formed, that told all of these people to lawyer up. Don't talk to Gableman. My that's the phrase he used. Lawyer up. Does that sound like a governor? Does that sound like somebody who's interested in having the truth come out?
1: It sounds like for
0: Josh for Josh Paul, the current attorney general, to fight me in court. Now, he's got unlimited resources. I've got, right now, it's, it's me and one assistant in the office. That's who I've got. And so right now, I've got to focus. And you ask me when. The, again, I'm gonna, <laughs> the truthful, if unsatisfying answer is not for many months because we, the, nothing is set. No court hearing is set until July, and that's not even a hearing where anything's going to occur except the parties, that would be me and Josh Call and the Wisconsin Election Commission and the mayors of the cities. We're supposed to report to the judge what the current status is. Well, I just reported to you and your listeners what the status is, Right. and- uh, Is the judge a Republican or a Democrat? In Wisconsin, they run as uh, they don't run with party affiliations. Right, and uh, there's really, Lou. One of the big things that we have to remember, and it again, I'm just full of of disappointing answers, but I'm giving your listeners the the gift of being honest, which. I always hated it. I was a history teacher before I went to law school, and I always noticed how public officials have a tendency to wait until they're about to die. They, well after they've left office, and then they get old and and they're contemplating their mortality probably, and then they decide to tell the real story. And I always thought to myself, well, what good is it now? What what good is it now for you to tell the story when you can't do anything about it? The truth is, our judges in this state are all pressured by the media, and by the other ju- most of the other judges, and by all of the bureaucracy who help administer the judicial system to skew left. Yeah. If if they if they are show signs of being a concern, well look look what happened in D.C. The true colors finally came out. Look what happened in D.C. You have a lawful opinion that's being circulated in the court. And look where the pressure is. And the conservatives, by and large, just sort of mind their own business and hope for the best. And their side is going to the judges' houses, the justices' houses, to sit there and protest around the clock. And so that is a very telling dynamic because it's the same dynamic we have in this state. And it takes a superhuman person almost, a, a way above average person, if you're a judge, to resist that pressure. Because if you, if you are known or demonstrate sympathies towards the conservative cause, you are going to be the object of ostracism and ridicule and verbal abuse and systemic lies from our state's largest newspaper. So that's why most people don't have the stomach for it. And that's why they they go along to get along because it's just the path of least resistance. Well, let me ask you. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I don't even know. I, I think I know the name of the judge who's assigned to this case, but I don't know anything about him. I've met him a few times. I don't know anything about him. I'm just speaking very, very generally. And and like everybody else, Lou, I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, understanding the cultural and societal pressures on a person, uh, the judge's person, uh, is just as descriptive and uh, likely a definition for understanding as a label, maybe a lot better. And uh, when we think about the culture of Wisconsin, we uh, think about uh, all that is going on in that state. Uh, it, there is uh, r- everything from radical left uh, Marxism, uh, uh, whether it's in Madison uh, or to the, it's moving from the university system to, uh, to the state government itself. I mean, there's a lot happening in Wisconsin. And what's interesting to me in the midst of this is you are operating uh, as, as the investigator. But the Robin Voss, this, the, uh, the head of the assembly, a Republican, uh, had the guts to begin this. But it appears, because he's brought you up short a couple of times, it appears he is now, uh, I'll put it this way, uh, he's losing some energy and some strength. Uh, to stand up to the pressures he's under
0: now uh one thing that that everyone your listeners have to remember and i you know speaker voss is my client and the state of wisconsin assembly is my client and i am a lawyer licensed to practice law in the state of wisconsin and i have a client and. I don't think there was really a question there, but I want to, I do And, and this is, listeners, well, I'll, I'll make it a question
1: for you, Mike, just to make it okay. easy.
0: Yep. Uh, the, people are wondering why he hasn't
1: been with as uh, hard charging as you would have expected, given his courage to appoint you uh, the special counsel and the investigator to seek out answers, to make wrongs right, uh, and to give the people of Wisconsin the truth so that they can make
0: judgments as well. I think, I think we have to step back and we have to, I think it's now as, as good a time as any to, to say the fact that a speaker boss has done more. He has done more, I think, than any other leader in any other state on this issue. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And, I'm going to continue working as hard as I possibly can to do what I'm supposed to do and to and to represent my client and one thing one thing that my contract does allow me to do in addition to uh, litigate the subpoenas and the enforceability of the subpoenas is to continue doing research and why is that in the contract because We all have to, in in addition to looking back to see what happened, we have to work very hard to prevent something similar, to see what happened in 2020. We have to work very hard to prevent similar things happening either in this coming November, which is coming right up, and we have the August primaries, or in 2024, and right now, the the gorilla, the eight hundred pound gorilla that's been lowered into the room, is the Biden bucks issue, which which no one is talking about. I haven't heard it discussed publicly yet. I'm sorry, and the I, Biden one? Oh, they're they're gonna the new plan, Lou. The new plan on the left is you see a lot of the states and a lot of the election officials saying, "Okay, we promise." Never to use private money to fund uh, private election workers or private ballot harvesters. We promise never to do that. Okay, but the new plan is, courtesy of an executive order that President Biden signed in March, that they don't need, they don't need Mark Zuckerberg's money anymore. They're going to use federal money to get out the vote for democrat profile voters and they're going to use taxpayer money to do that and that's why they're calling it we're calling it the people who work in this area biden bucks instead of zucker bucks
1: i think that sounds like it's a
0: descriptive you know who's going to be responsible this is going to be an old familiar name to you and most of your listeners do you know who they have put in charge of administering the Biden bucks to get out the vote for Democrat candidates. It's a its a very nonpartisan uh, person named Susan Rice. <laughs> she is going to be in charge of the administration of Biden bucks, Lou. That's the next thing. Oh, my God. So I really want to look further into that. I, I know some people are, some people are ahead of the curve and they're deeper into it than I am. It's been a turbulent last couple of weeks for me, and, but I, I really wanna start digging into this so that we can pull the mask off of any kind of improper scheme before it affects an election, not after. And But right now they are cooking it up in their laboratory of horrors and Susan Rice is going to be the one to determine how the federal money is spent to get out the vote.
1: And, and this, uh, I have to say, that this just is absolutely outrageous. And if the state of Wisconsin, uh, if there is not within the state of Wisconsin right now a, a, a bubbling cauldron of outrage and resentment I, I don't know what it would take. First Zuckerberg and now Susan Rice, Biden and the Obama team are going to federalize uh, state elections. I, I mean, this is outrageous. The Republican Party is sitting there like a bunch of egg suckers, uh, drawing air through their teeth and doing absolutely nothing. It is mindless. It is inexplicable. Unless unless the secret sauce is the, uh, the complicity of the Republican party in this somehow, otherwise they're, they're utter damn fools.
0: The one group that you left out specific to Wisconsin, and I brought them up earlier in the conversation, we can't let them escape the conversation. And that is our current governor, Tony Evers, and our current attorney general, Josh Call, who are both up for reelection in November. I have endorsed uh, Josh Call's opponent. And it's uh, I, I've Eric Tony, who is the current district attorney of Fond du Lac County. And the reason I have is because at, at the time I made the endorsement, I had a choice as the voters will have a choice. And I had a choice between one candidate in the form of Josh Call uh, who is telling, who is suing me to prevent me from asking questions about how the get out the vote campaign worked? And if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, tell me that and tell me why I'm wrong. But all the evidence, all the evidence so far, which is unrefuted, unrebutted evidence, is that they used the private money and, and now they're going to switch to federal money. That's the plan to get out the vote for the Democrat pick uh, for president. So the the current Attorney General, Josh Paul, is fighting any kind of accountability for that. And the current governor, Tony Evers, is telling elections officials, public officials, not to answer any questions about how they conducted the election. They're, They're basically telling the citizens to shut up and move on. And and to me, that makes my blood boil. Yeah.
1: Well, it should. Uh, and uh, everyone, every Republican, at least, every independent, at least, should uh, their blood should be boiling right along with yours. And more than that, uh, everyone should be making sure that your subpoena power is secure. Because it sounds like, to me, Mike, without subpoena power, it's game over. And that is the essence of the power that you require. Uh, to pursue justice in the state of Wisconsin, your your
0: reaction? Compare and contrast as I do, and I don't do it consciously. When I when I see reports of the January 6th uh, committee, right in Washington, and I see the the stress and the financial pressure that they're putting on people who. Who did what? Who who knows someone who was at the Capitol that day? And they're using this sham of a pretense that what happened on January 6th somehow credibly threatened the continuation of the federal government? That's what an insurrection is, as opposed to a protest. And look at all of the money that that January 6th committee is spending. And to a lot of people, I think it looks like just a, a vindictive way to punish and deter people who would otherwise be supportive of conservative candidates. And then I contrast that with my investigation. And and the only reason I took this job is because I believe my fellow citizens deserve to know what happened during their election and to learn whatever lessons to prevent similar corruption from occurring. Again, Again, all of the evidence shows it was corrupted. It was a corrupted municipally city backed effort to get out the vote for Joe Biden and a Wisconsin election commission bureaucrat backed get out the vote campaign for Joe Biden. And if I'm wrong, please, Wisconsin Election Commission bureaucrats, please, Racine and Green Bay and Milwaukee and Madison, please come tell me, come talk with me. And look how I'm being criticized by the press for wanting to ask those questions when they are simply cheerleaders for what's going on with the January 6th Commission. And you have former. You've got government employees and not even that high-level government employees or private citizens. Okay, I'm focused on the attorney fees, but we got people sitting in solitary confinement in some hellhole of a Washington, D.C. jail who haven't even been convicted of anything. But according to the press yeah. and according to Tony Evers and Josh Call, that's just fine. But when it comes to asking have they really
1: weighed in on have they really as Democrats in the top two offices, arguably in this in in the state of Wisconsin, have they really uh, weighed in on the
0: January 6th committee? I the only reason I say that, Lou, the only reason I say that is because I haven't heard one peep of protest. These these two people who are so vigilant of the civil rights. Of bureaucrats who misused money to get out the vote, I have not heard one word of protest uh, from the governor or from the attorney general about that. And if you know, I'd love to hear the. Well, you know the, the problem. The problem with that, Mike, is
1: is this. I think uh, if we could just digress here for a second. Well, I haven't heard a peep out of uh, Mitch McConnell either, and I haven't heard well, a peep out of uh, out of Kevin McCarthy, the speak the, the minority leader. Uh, and the uh, and the, the Republican leader in the Senate, uh, they're quiet. I haven't heard a peep out of uh, the Republican National Committee. Uh, I haven't heard a ahead? peep out of so many Republicans. It doesn't astonish me at all uh, that uh, your, your governor and your attorney general wouldn't be standing up. They're Democrats. I get it. This is just outrageous and we have a a, a group of pacifists who are in leadership and I'm being as kind as I can be pacifists who are leading the Republican party at too many state in too many States. And certainly in on Capitol Hill uh, and the Republican national committee, it's just, it's
0: appalling. Do you think, do you think that the temptation is there for leaders like McCarthy uh, and McConnell to not speak up in protest, uh, And I got to admit, I haven't been following it that closely, but do you think that they keep silent because if they do protest, then they will be attacked by the leftist media?
1: Well, I would never want to accuse them on top of everything else. I accuse them of of just abject cowardice. Uh, I would want to have a little more evidence before I understood what they're doing. Uh, Right now, I'll just say their motivation is inexplicable and disgusting. Uh, okay. if, if it were to be found to be cowardice, I would think it'd be a basis to remove them immediately from their jobs. Uh, the conference, though, is, uh, again, here's that other word, the passivity in the Republican Party, as objectionable as it is, is widespread.
0: Well, right now we've got an issue at the Wisconsin Election Commission where one of the Republican members Uh, to the surprise of all viewers, or most 99% of the viewers resigned uh, yesterday. And yesterday was the the day that was scheduled for the vote on the new chairman and commissioner Bob Spindell. Bob Spindell has been a consistent warrior for transparency in elections. And it was his just the way the procedure of the Wisconsin Election Commission is, it, it was expected that Bob Spindell would have become the next chairman. And that vote was set for yesterday. And one of the Republican members, a guy named Dean Knutson, took everybody by surprise by announcing his resignation, uh, which then prompted a delay in the vote. Oh my gosh. Uh, for the next chairman. And so there are a lot of inexplicable things going on Lou and I I hypothesize but I that's why I wanted to ask you because I I'm just sitting out here in Wisconsin trying to figure out why our side why why the other side the leftists when they want to cover something up they are, they are solid and uniform, and you very rarely hear them criticize one another. But our side runs away the minute that somebody gets criticized, and yeah. nobody else wanted this job. Believe it or not, nobody else wanted the job that I have. Well, oh, I can believe that. I can believe that. watching your reaction
1: your, your, the reaction to your uh, special
0: counsel. I can believe it the heartbeat. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fear of the criticism. And wait, you know, Mike, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, please. You know, life's
1: tough for most folks. I mean, it's pretty tough. But to sit there and to, uh, to wane, uh, to uh, simply wilt in the face of criticism when you believe in what you're doing, if you're trying to do the right thing and you have a public duty and responsibility and commitment to, to then decide that a person is a daffodil because he, he or she doesn't want to be criticized, my lord, what are they doing in the public arena? That's well, the nature of the arena. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't build a big old uh, you know uh, a monument to those who are adverse to criticism. None of us likes to be criticized,
0: but But at the same
1: time, we have got to at least engage in a fight.
0: Well, that's where, that's where two things come into play. And the two things are trust and support. And what I mean by that is as a public official, you have to have the confidence as I do, in the people that you serve, that when it's all said and done, the people will see that I've been motivated by nothing more and nothing less to find the truth and to help correct problems going forward. But in order to do, I've just seen it play out over and over and over in my life. This one's testing it, though. This one's testing it. The press has has really gone... Overboard they've really jumped to the shark that's what I'm hoping they've done I'm hoping that the that the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has gone so far untethered by the truth that people are finally going to realize that it's just a pretense. but the other side of that coin is it's up to us as citizens to encourage the leaders to do the right thing and we could speculate about anybody all day, but I I do think that people like Speaker Voss, I think it never hurts to hear thank you and keep going, keep doing the right thing. And I'm not asking your listeners to do anything. I'm just saying in general, I, you know, people forget about the importance of human contact and of people saying, I see you're trying to, I've gotten so many letters and so many cards, and I keep them. I keep them, Lou, from strangers, people across the country I'll never meet, who say thank you for doing what you're doing. And and, You know, I think most of us say
1: thank you, Judge. I I mean, I think nearly everyone, no matter what state or city or town we're in, we thank you. Uh, There are two questions for me. Uh, that, uh, that I, well, i would just make them as points. That power to carry out your subpoenas, to retain that subpoena power, and to make it enforceable, uh, what do you think the odds are, straight up, that you're going to be able to retain that power?
0: A hundred percent, eventually. Then you're going to succeed, and you know it. A hundred percent. You're going to succeed. Yes.
1: Am I right? Yes, a hundred percent. And the next question is, uh, I'm, I'm not good at calling people and, uh, you know, just, uh, to talk about thank yous, but I do, I can tell you right now, I'm going to call Robin Voss when we get through here and we're going to find out if he wants to come on and talk to our audience about what is happening from his perspective, because here's a man who had the courage to bring in Michael Gableman, former Supreme court justice, and now special counsel and right now i i have, i can only imagine based on what you're describing the pressure
0: that man is under in the state of wisconsin i i think that's true and i think it's true he is you know the the speaker i think you and i have talked about the speaker position being an almost impossible job anyway but um you guys you guys in wisconsin i mean you come up with some jobs i mean they're all tough. It seems. <laughs> but, I'll tell you what, at the end, it is a privilege. It is a great privilege. And I I appreciate the time. This is the first time on a a broadcast of your stature and your reach that I've had the occasion to just sort of have a thoughtful conversation about a lot of these things. And I, I really appreciate it because it's a dynamic that I've seen over and over and over again. No less so if you want to study, I'll tell you what. If anybody wants a lesson in the dynamics and the differences between Republicans and Democrats, go to Wisconsin I E Y E and watch the Wisconsin Election Commission meetings. I the three Democrats, it. the three Democrats will hang together no matter what undeterred by logic or reason or law or appeals to intellectual honesty. But, but so often the Republicans, and I think this is a nationwide dynamic, just start shooting at each other and start undermining each other. And I don't know why that is. I honestly don't understand that dynamic. Well, it's
1: a it's a an interesting challenge, and I I hope some uh, we we will uh, I'll put it this way I will uh, make certain that I go to Wisconsin I E Y E dot gov I assume is it uh, Wisconsin I dot gov Yes. And uh, we will we'll take a peek in on the Wisconsin Election Commission. Uh, and uh, we've enjoyed this conversation, Mike. I mean, it's been instructive, uh, eye-opening, uh, and is always uh, an education, as I say. Uh, we always give our guests the last word. Uh, and uh, if you will, your concluding thoughts, Mike.
0: My, my concluding thoughts are this, that that right now there's a lot of heat being generated on the other side in regard to uh, this investigation. But my faith and my confidence is with the people of this state who, when they look at me, they will see someone who is simply no more and no less trying to find out the truth and trying to make things better for everyone, Democrat, Republican, independent, trying to make things better so that people can have confidence in our elections, which right now a majority of voters do not have confidence in the honesty and integrity of our elections. And I'm going to do everything I can to turn that around. And, and in the end, my faith is in God and in the people of the state of Wisconsin. So thank you very, very much, Lou, as always, for this terrific and thoughtful conversation.
1: Mike, thank you so much. And thanks for all you're doing, not just for the people of Wisconsin, uh, but certainly for the, everyone in the republic. Thank you, Lou. Michael Gableman, Wisconsin Special Counsel. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. We'll be talking with Congressman Daryl Issa, New York Post columnist Miranda Devine on the left's efforts to submerge the Biden laptop from hell once again, and Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen. All this week, please join
0: us. God bless you, and God bless America.